here in Psalms 92, and it has been good to be in the Lord's house this morning, and I pray and trust the Lord will continue to bless as we read and preach the Word of God. The Lord knows we need His help this morning, and um, we're asking for it. I do ask that you pray for us as we preach, and and um, they went to see um, D.L. Moody and uh, several other great men of God went to visit the Metropolitan Tabernacle in England, London, England, uh, pastored by Charles Haddon Spurgeon and some of the, it was before church and, and they were, and Brother Spurgeon was showing them around and showing them the building. It's just, uh, I want to go there one day. I am, if I don't in this life, I will in the Millennial Kingdom. Brother David, we'll go check that out during the Millennial Kingdom and uh, we'll let the ladies shop there in London while we, but um, <laughs> those are things I think about, about heaven. Anyway, uh, but they were showing these men around and, and uh, Brother Spurgeon looked at these preachers. He said, he said I'm gonna, now he said, I'm going to show you the secret. He said, I'm going to show you the secret to all the blessings of this church. And uh, of course, these preachers were interested and he walked them down this dark hallway and they went down some steps and they kept going, it seemed like, down further and further. And he opened up some doors and it was the boiler room of the church that heated the church. And Brother Larry, in that room, there was men all over that room on their knees praying. And it was right underneath the pulpit of the church. And he said, this is why, he said, this is why every time we come, people get saved in the church. He said, this is it. And so I ask you to pray this morning for us as we preach. We're going to read Psalms 92 verse 1. And then, of course, after we read that, we're going to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 2 and read one verse, verse number 7. Psalms 92 and verse 1 says, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. I'm going to read it one more time. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 2 and uh, verse number 7. The word Deuteronomy, it means the second law. or And we know this was not another law, but it was the second giving of the law. And this was Moses' uh, uh, last words uh, to the people of Israel before he uh, was taken from them and before they entered the promised land. And I love Deuteronomy because there's a lot of reflection in it. You can read, when you read, uh, it's almost like you're, you can see Moses reminiscing about God and how he had been good to him. And in verse number 7, the Bible says, For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all the works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness. These forty years the Lord thy God hath been with thee. Thou hast lacked nothing. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you for your presence this morning that's here. Lord, I know that, Lord, you have a reason for coming. You have a reason for being here. Lord, I pray now that you would bless, Lord, the preaching of the Word of God. Lord, we know that this is your chosen means, Lord, your chosen method to save the lost, Lord, to edify the saved, to build the church. And I pray now you'd help me. Lord, I am nothing. You know me better than I know myself. And Lord, I do not deserve to stand here. There's better men in this room that are more fit and more able to stand here than I. Lord, you've seen fit in all your wisdom and knowledge, Lord, to ordain that I be here today and that I might preach. And I pray you'd help me now. I pray you'd give me words to say and give me the power I need to say it. 
I pray for that one that's here that's lost. I pray the Word of God would convict them. I pray the Spirit of God would draw them. And Lord, I pray the grace of God would save them this morning before they leave. Lord, I love you. You know I love you. Lord, you know you. I love you with all my heart. Lord, I don't want to let you down. I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want to cause you to be ashamed of me this morning in what I say and do. But I pray you'd help me to preach, Lord, that I might please you in all I say and do. Lord, I love you this morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. We read Psalms 92 and it kind of led me into this thought. Then Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 7. And this morning I want to preach just a simple message on thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If there's anything that we should be more of, it should be more thankful. More thankful. We're living in a nation, we're living in a world that's very ungrateful for all they have. We're living in a world that always wants more and is never content with what they have. If you and I are not careful, we'll fall into the same trap as children of God. We'll forget that all that God's given us and all that God's done for us is simply things that we do not deserve, we have not earned. They weren't owed to us, but it was gifts that God, and we'll be ungrateful for those things. Psalms 92, we read it, it says, give thanks. It is a good thing to give thanks in the Lord and to sing praises in our name, O Most High. You know, there's a lot of things, Brother David, we have to pray about, we have to, we have to think about, we have to debate whether we should do it or not. But one of those things is not giving thanks unto the Lord. In fact, the Bible says it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you that you give thanks in all things. I believe that's 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I know that this time of the year it's been set aside and I thank the Lord it has as a time of thanksgiving. But to be honest, that ought to be not a seasonal thing for the child of God. It ought to be a continual thing. We've been so blessed by the Lord. And as a way, a, a, a kind of introduction, I want to give you this. The first thing I want to say this is we are morally obligated to give God thanks. You say, what do you mean, Brother Martin? Think about this. In Psalms 92.1, it said it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. So if you think about that, if it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord... Could it not be assumed, or, or could it not be, is it not reasonable to say that it is a bad thing not to give thanks unto the Lord? If it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord, I believe we could all understand and say that it is a bad thing not to give thanks unto the Lord. You see this morning, our attitude and our thanksgiving, it has an effect on our morals as people. You show me an immoral person, I'll show you an unthankful person. Those two are inseparable and the Bible says it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. I wrote this down. Moral decline will come to pass in the life of any person who neglects to give thanks unto the Lord. Moral decline. You see, it may seem small, it may seem insignificant, it may seem uh, uh, obsolete, but the truth of the matter is when I refuse to give God thanks, when I refuse to have, and I'm so consumed with what I don't have and, and what, what's not happened and what, what I wish could change, when I'm so eat up and I forget to give God thanks, what I'm doing is I'm opening myself up to moral decline. 
You say, yeah, Bible, I've got lots of Bible out of the way. Romans 1.21 says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Now, I don't have to read it. I'm not going to read it. But if you read Romans chapter 1 and verse 21 and you read on down through, you understand that it's, it's the, actually it's describing the world we live in. And, and, and it gets so bad. And in Romans chapter 1, finally it says that God gave them up to a reprobate mind. Boy, you're in bad shape if God gives you up. And, uh, but what led to it, listen to me, what led to it, was unthankfulness. He said, because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. And then it led to vain imaginations. And then it led to a heart that was darkened. And then it learned, it led into other sins and other abominations and other things. And finally it ends up with God saying, I'm giving them up to a reprobate mind. This morning, if you want to stay holy, you better stay thankful. You see this morning that maybe everything seems to be going wrong, but if we all step back from our lives, we'll say this, God's been good to all of us. I'm morally obligated to give God thanks. You see, I don't want to turn to a person that's mine is full of vain imaginations whose heart's darkened. I don't want to go that way to you. I don't want to end up being a person who turns into a lifestyle that's an abomination to God. I don't want to end up that way. So listen, if we don't want to get there, then we don't need to start right here with being unthankful. Not only are we morally obligated to give thanks, but we are scripturally mandated to give thanks. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles 16, 8, give thanks unto the Lord. Again, I, I mentioned it a minute ago, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, and everything give thanks. The Bible commands us to give thanks. You say, oh, Brother James, I mean, listen, I'm having such a bad time. I don't feel good. It doesn't say give thanks when you feel good. It says give thanks. Well, but Brother Martin, I lost my job. It doesn't say when you've got a job, give thanks. It says give thanks. But Brother Martin, my children, my home, my wife, my marriage, my, my, my everything, it's not right. The Bible says we are to give thanks. You can know this this morning, that when you give thanks, you are being an obedient child of God. We are scripturally mandated. We are morally obligated to give thanks. But listen to this, and I'm going to move on to the message in Deuteronomy 2. We are spiritually emancipated to give thanks. You say, what do you mean? Does Jesus, did Jesus ask for anything from us to be saved other than faith and repentance? That's it. And all that He asks for us back is just to be thankful. To glorify Him, to honor Him, and to give Him the praise that He deserves. Jesus did not set me free to be an ungrateful Christian. The least I can do for all He's done for me is say thank you. And the least that we can do, listen, it's not hard. It's not like, listen, He's not asking us to run around the world barefooted and blindfolded. He's not asking us to do some impossible thing. All He wants us to do is simply lift our head and say thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. I believe the reason a lot of times we don't give Him thanks is because we forget where we were. 
when he found us. Like the song, the girl said, you know, I don't understand why he loves me and I don't understand why he loves me neither. The truth of the matter is we're all very unlovable. Do you know the reason he had to go and die on the cross? It was us. You know why he had to bleed and die alone, lifted up between heaven and earth, rejected by man and rejected by his own father because he became sin for us? You know why? He had to bear the wrath of God on the cross because of us. But yet, Brother David, he still loves us anyhow. One of my favorite verses, John 13, 1. It said he loved them unto the end. He loved them unto the end. Do you know there's no end to the love of God? Over there in Jeremiah, he said he loves us with an everlasting love. That means there's no time where he started loving us and there's no time where he'll stop loving us. He's always loved us. And he always will. If he was willing to reach down in the mire of sin... Pull me up and set my feet on a rock. Break the chains of sin. Amen. If He was willing to give me new life in Christ, if He was willing to give me His Holy Spirit to dwell within me, if He was willing to wash away everything I've ever done and everything I ever will do, if He was willing to do that, the least I can do is say thank you. Thank you. Look in Deuteronomy 2 this morning. I just want to give you a few things that I want to say thank you, Lord, for. This is just coming from me to the Lord. And if it applies to you, I, I hope that you get help from it this morning. That's where I always start, really, when I'm studying to preach. I try, what do I, Lord, help me? And I figure if God can use something to help me, it can probably help somebody else. In Deuteronomy 2, again, I, I mentioned that Moses was reflecting back on all that God had done for him. In verse 7, he says, For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all, thy, all the works of thy hands. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness these forty years. The Lord thy God hath been with thee. Thou hast lacked nothing. This morning I want to say first of all, I want to say thank you Lord for the personal fellowship that He has with me. Verse 7 He says, For the Lord, listen to this, Thy God. Thy God. Did you know He can be God without being your God? And listen, Moses had a lot of things that messed up. He had a lot of things he didn't do right. And we can all pick him apart. But let me give you a million and a half people to lead in the wilderness for 40 years and tell me if you don't make some mistakes along the way as well. But one thing Moses knew and one thing Moses had was that the Lord was his God. He had a personal fellowship with the Lord. Listen this morning, I want to say thank you Lord for having personal fellowship with me. Listen this morning, I'm glad that he's your God, but I'm real glad he's my God. Over there in Psalms 23 and verse 1, David said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You see this morning, it's not enough for you to say that He is a God. It's not enough for you to say He is the God. You must be able to say He is my God. And all that comes through the work of the Holy Spirit and the regenerating power of God's amazing grace. And and listen this morning, I want to say thank you, Lord, for day after day after day of being my God in fellowship with me. Moses, 
had a unique and personal relationship with the Lord. Do you believe that? I believe the reason he survived, Brother Hanley Milvey used to preach a message on the alligators over there in the Nile River. And he said that, 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 that God, he said he'd give all them alligators lockjaw. And little baby Moses was floating. You know how he made it? Do you think for one minute that little ark that his mama made happened to just happen to land on the, on the shores of the Nile River with Pharaoh's daughter standing there? Do you think that was an accident? Oh, no, no, you know what? No accident. I believe God sent a breeze and blew that little basket where He wanted to go. And I believe God, as I said, I believe He kept them crocodiles and alligators away from that little baby. And then when He landed uh, there in the ark, in, the, in them bulrushes there on the Nile River, at the right moment, at the right time, God pinched baby Moses and he started crying. And Pharaoh's daughter walked over there and looked and it was the prettiest little boy she'd ever seen. And Brother David, she loved that little boy. And oh, she took him in her arms. And all I'm saying is that was God uh, taking care of that little baby. (laughs) Every day, God was with Moses. And the basis of their fellowship, listen, was a covenant that God had made with Abraham. But do you know this morning our fellowship's on the basis of a covenant, but it's a new covenant and a better covenant. The writer of Hebrews said it was built on better promises and it has a better sacrifice. We've got a better high priest. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to say to the Lord this morning, thank you, Lord, for your your personal fellowship with me. If you don't have fellowship with the Lord this morning, there's two reasons why. There's two, one of two reasons. Either you're lost or you're not right with the Lord. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. You see, there is a stipulation on fellowship. And that stipulation is walking in the light. We know when the Bible refers to light, it's speaking of truth and walking in the truth and obedience to the Word of God. And as long as you and I walk in the light as He is in the light, as long as we obey the Word of God and live in truth and confess our sins and keep a short list with God and stay right with Him, we'll have fellowship with Him. Personal fellowship with me. Verse 7, he says this, he says that He's blessed thee in all the works of thy hand. I'm thankful this morning, not only for His personal fellowship with me, but I thought about this, His providential forming of me. He says the Lord blessed thee in all the works of thy hands. Now I'll ask you this. Did everything Moses did with his hands, was it right and was it good? We know it wasn't. Remember the rock, you know? That was a mistake, wasn't it? So you say, Brother Martin, what are you saying? I believe as Moses looked back over his life, as he looked back over those 40 years since God met him there on the backside of the desert in that burning bush, and Moses took off his shoes and stood before God, I believe when Moses looked down the road as a 120-year-old man, he looked back at that same man, and he said, I'm not all I should be. I'm not all I want to be. But I'm not the same man as I was 40 years ago. 
I believe Moses looked back and said, God's worked on me. He's used my mistakes to make me a better man. He's used even my failures to help me to develop. And he saw the providential forming of God in his life. We look back on our lives. We can see the hand of God using even our bad times to make us better Christians. He said they blessed him and all they did. When Moses did wrong, the Lord blessed him with chastisement. Now chastisement's a grievous thing while you're under it. But when you look back on it, you thank the Lord for it. One of the greatest, listen to me, the greatest assurances of my salvation I have is the chastening hand of the Lord. And, and, and let me help you with this. This is what the devil will do. And, the, and, and by the way, God is not the author of confusion, but the devil is. There's a lot of people that are saved, but they're just confused. Here's how the devil works, Brother Larry. We do something wrong and the devil says, well, God didn't kill you for that. You must not be saved. Let me, let me help you all with that. There's a lot of things worse can happen to me and you than dying if we're saved. If you're saved and you die, that is a reward. <laughs> Going to heaven is I. We always think, Brother David, of chastisement in the physical, you know, cancer, car wrecks. And, and by the way, that can happen. But, but, but I want to say the harshest and the most severe chastisement I've ever experienced in my life was spiritual. Like when God removes His joy from you and the peace from you. Did you know you can have peace with God and not have the peace of God? And Brother David, one of the greatest assurances of my salvation is when I look back, like Moses, he looked back over his life and he said, when I did wrong, he didn't let me get by. I mean, the very moment he smote the rock, God said, Moses, you're going to pay for that. You're not going to go into the promised land. Moses, when he did wrong, when he smote the Egyptian, that was wrong. He killed that man. He murdered that man out of the will of God. God did not. And so for 40 years, guess what? He was chastised. You tell me something worse than having to be a shepherd for your father-in-law. What's worse than that? You remember where Moses was raised at, don't you? Egypt. You know the most despised profession? And the Egyptians, the people they hated the most were shepherds. Read about it. Read over there. In Gen- and, and I'm wait. I mean, here we are again. Same old, same old. First point. But anyhow, when, when Joshua, I mean, when Joseph was in it, he, he, he had to take special because he said we, they despised, the shepherds were an abomination of them. So Moses thought he'd take matters into his own hands and slay that Egyptian out of the will of God. It was not God's time and that was not God's way. And so for 40 years, he had to spend 40 years on the backside of the desert doing, doing the most despicable job that he could imagine doing, being a shepherd of his father-in-law's sheep. I mean, if he was going to be a shepherd, at least they could be your own sheep. That'd make it a little better. But he had no, it was no, he was basically a hireling. And all that was was the chastening hand of God. And as an old man, as Moses got ready to leave and to leave this world, he could look back and say, God, when I, when I, when I did wrong, he didn't let me get by. And when they did right, 
He blessed them with victory. He said He blessed all the works of their hands. Did you know that their cattle increased despite the fact that they were in a barren wilderness? This morning we can look back on our lives and we can say that He's blessed all the works of our hands. The times where we messed up, He took those mess ups and He ended up doing something that was for our good and for His glory. And He takes our mistakes and He works them and He, and he, and he, and he uses them to perform a great and mighty miracles. You know that 40 years wandering? You know, they didn't have to do that. They could have gone right in, Brother Larry, but they doubted God. But Brother David, God used that 40 years. Hey, what did He use it for? He used those 40 years to develop another man of God named Joshua. You see, I don't believe Joshua was capable enough 40 years earlier to lead them as he was 40 years later. So all I'm saying is, we that are saved, we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. And Moses said, I want to thank you, Lord, for your providential forming of me. And I say thank the Lord for the same. He says this in verse 7, he knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness. He knoweth thy walking. I believe we should all say thank you, Lord, for your primary focus on us. He said, He knoweth thy walk. That word knoweth means to observe or to regard, regard with care and kindness. Think about this. Of all the things God could be given His attention to, He's watching our steps. Why is he watching where? Why? How? Listen, how? Why would he watch our steps? Because he's interested in our goings. He's interested in where we are. I've had people tell me this, and I've said this before. You just don't understand where I'm at. You just don't understand what, I, what I'm going through. You can't feel it. You can't understand. And that may be true, but God understands and God knows. Psalms 1, 6, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Job 23, 10, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I'll come forth as gold. David said in Psalms 40, 17, But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. 2 Timothy 2, 19, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are His. God said, Moses, I've known, I've, I've known your steps in this great wilderness. This morning I thank the Lord for His focus on us. Think about all that God has at His, on His plate, so to speak. He has the universe and the galaxies and the stars and, the, and all this. I mean, when you study science and the, and, 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 and the you know, it's amazing. Just think about all that goes in, that all that went into you waking up this morning. When it comes to your heart, your blood pressure, and, and, and all those things, and, and, and your mind, and all those millions and millions, you know, all these things that are going on right now for you to be able to be here this morning. And God, He's got all these things. He's got all this going on. And yet, He takes time to care about our steps. He said, I knoweth thy walking. And maybe 
this morning. Maybe I don't know where you are. And I don't understand where you are. But he does. In verse 7 he says this. He says, as Noah walking through this great wilderness. I want to say thank you, Lord, for your protecting favor around me. There couldn't have been a worse place to spend 40 years than the wilderness. It was the most unideal place to try to carry a nation for 40 years. There was not much vegetation. There was not much water. There was not much shelter. There was not much of anything. In that wilderness, it was a place that was barren. It was not, listen, I'm saying is it was very unideal. But in that great wilderness, God protected His people. There was a fire by night. There was a cloud by day. Exodus 14, 9 said, The angel of God which went before the Cambrils removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. So behind them and before them, the angel of the Lord was behind them. The pillar of the cloud by day was before them and the pillar of fire by night. And what that was, it was the presence of Almighty God protecting them. Oh, this morning I want to say thank you, Lord, for your protecting favor around me. Listen to me. God has protected me some, from some bad things in my life. He's protected us from things we didn't even realize He was protecting us from. Moses, God said in this great wilderness, I've protected you. And then He goes on to say this, these 40 years, these 40 years, I say thank you Lord for your patient faithfulness to me. These 40 years. That was a rough 40 years. But in every day, in every week, in every month, in every year, God was faithful to His people. Would you say this? In those 40 years, there were some pretty bad days. But yet, even on the bad days, God was still faithful. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore the Lord thy God, He is God, thee Faithful God. 1 Corinthians 1 9, God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10 13, but God is faithful. 2 Timothy 2 13, if we believe not yet, He abideth faithful. Oh, listen, if we can't thank Him for anything else, we should be thankful for the faithfulness of God. How faithful He is. How unchanging He is. How day in and day out and night in and night out. When we're unfaithful, He still abides faithful. Amen. God was faithful to Moses. <laughs> Moses. Moses would look around that camp there. And he saw all... Remember when he went up there to get the Ten Commandments and what happened? Aaron sold out. They made the golden calf. They were unfaithful. And Moses had to deal with all these unfaithful people. 
and all these problems and all this murmuring and all of this crumb. And he had to deal with all that, but he said in 40 years, in these 40 years, I can't find one day where God wasn't faithful. I can't find one moment. And listen, when we get to heaven's bright shore and we look back on our life, we'll not be able to point our finger to one day where God was not faithful. He's been faithful in 2020, hasn't he? I don't say he's been faithful to me. He's been faithful to me. <laughs> this has been a tough year, time times. But oh, God's been faithful. He's been faithful in this church. He's been faithful to this church. Amen. He's paid our bills. He's met our needs. He's helped us to enlarge. Even despite all this, all I'm saying is that God has been faithful. We should say thank you, Lord, for that. I dropped my glasses. I don't even wear them, so it don't matter. Verse 7, I'm trying to hurry. Moses could say, thank you, Lord. He says, the Lord thy God hath been with thee. I want to say, thank you, Lord, for your presence that's followed beside me. Many that started out with Moses were no longer around. In fact, Joshua and Caleb were the only ones. A whole generation had died in the wilderness. But Moses said the same God that spoke to me from the burning bush. He was still with him on that day. And the same God that called Moses out of that fiery burning bush. He was the same God that carried him up on Mount Nebo. And presided over his funeral. (laughs) I would like to have been at that funeral. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, the Lord... The Lord buried Moses. And uh, this morning, I want to say thank you, Lord, for your presence that falls beside me. Despite all of our faults and failures, the Lord still stays near us. I can't speak for anyone else, but there's a lot of times that I'm not an easy person to be around. But yet, He's beside us through it all. Isaiah 43, 2, When thou passest through the waters, I'll be with thee. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. Flow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. I'm done right here. Verse 7, thou, he says, Thou hast lacked nothing. I want to say thank you, Lord, for the provisions that you furnished for me. I want to ask you this morning, have you lacked anything this year? Has He met every need? Has He always kept His Word? Has He answered your prayers? Has He helped restore your health when you were sick? I believe we all could say like Moses, we've lacked nothing. As a daddy, as a husband, as a father, I carry the responsibility for my family. I do. All you men know what I'm talking about. But Brother Zeke, if your children and your wife are fed and sheltered and, and they've got all that, they've not lacked anything, we should say thank you, Lord. Because I don't care what kind of work ethic you have. I don't care how intelligent you are. I don't care how educated you are. I don't care all that. Without the blessing of the Lord, you would go without. And yet through it all, we've lacked nothing. We've lacked nothing. Nothing. 
Nehemiah 9.21 said, Yea, forty years didst thou sustain them in the wilderness, so that they lacked nothing. Their clothes waxed not old, and their feet swelled not. <laughs> Isn't that something? He gave them all they needed. He gave them food, He gave them water, He gave them protection. God's provided for us, and I believe we could all say we've lacked nothing. It doesn't mean we have everything we want, but the truth of the matter is, if we had everything we wanted, we, what would we need? And the truth is that we can all say, we can all stand today and say, the Lord has been good and providing us in the things that we need, the provisions He's furnished for me. I thank the Lord for that. I thank the Lord for every meal that He's fed my family. I thank the Lord that in these 20 years of preaching, the Lord's never allowed me to lack anything. And listen, Job said, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job, do we have everything right now? Do I wish this virus would go away? Sure. Do I wish that all this could be buried? Sure. Do I wish that this, this chaos would end? Yes. Do I wish we could have peace again and unity uh, in America? Yes. Do I? Yes. I wish all that. I wish it all stopped. I wish it. But the truth of the matter is, through it all, we can say we've lacked nothing. Amen. We've lacked nothing. As far as I know, not one of my children's gone to bed hungry this year. As far as I know, they've never gone to bed hungry. I know Drew ain't. <laughs> Drew, I want to ask you something, son. Have you lacked anything? Is there anything that God's not done for you this year? That's right. Ginger, have you lacked anything? You got a new bat? Guess what? We got, she done broke two bats. We got another one on the way. They're going to send us a third one. Don't even, even the small things. Macy, I don't know where you are. She's somewhere. She ain't like nothing. She's asleep. She's, she's not lacking rest right now. Miss Kim? <laughs> Let's move along here. Tired? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she hadn't. I thank the Lord this morning for all He's done for us, don't you? This morning, if you're here and you're not saved, I want to encourage you to do this. I want to encourage you to get saved this morning. Did you know that more than you want to be saved, God wants you to be saved? When you get saved, it's not convincing God to do something He doesn't want to do. It's submitting to something He wants. Maybe you're here this morning and you're going through a hard time. The Bible said it's a good thing to give thanks. It is a good thing to give thanks. We can never be too thankful, or, or, or we, we can never be more thankful than we should be. But we, should, we can always give more thanks.